0: This is Create the Next from Pro CFO Partners, where every week we explore strategies and ideas for financial management and growth to help today's businesses put their financial picture in context.
1: Welcome back to Create the Next. I am Chris Ventliff and I'm joined uh, by my friend, John Martin, the return of John Martin. And John, we're talking about um, kind of picking up a little bit on our previous conversation months ago. What got you here won't get you there. And I think one of the interesting ideas is um, what got you here uh, at one point, uh, things change and things evolve and businesses grow. And so you might have had a, I don't know, a mindset of innovation or of growth, or you might have been on that roller coaster of startup life, and then you kind of get stable. And you might be thinking, uh, look, we're really doing our best to be proactive here to stay ahead of things. But I think and tell me if you agree, a lot of companies just kind of fall into a status quo, especially as we grow or we get business, we we start just sort of solving the problems in front of us instead of thinking about maybe strategically, what is growth going to do as this company changes? So let's talk a little bit about kind of what your thoughts are on, I don't know, how management uh, needs to change, how uh, information needs to change, how our finance uh, functions need to change as we move past kind of that status quo and into something, I don't know, a little bit more sometimes turbulent or evolutionary?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, excellent, uh, excellent discussion. Uh, You know, I, I think very few people would disagree that running a $50 million company is very different than running a $5 million company. And there's all those iterations in between. And, you know, so growth is a wonderful thing. But you know, the people that have taken their business, management that has taken their business to this level and now wants to grow to the next level, you know, because the, the business changes over time, the management priorities change over time, the information needs change over time, You know, what got you to this level will probably not get you to the next level. Um, you know, in an earlier podcast, I had kind of likened it to sports, that you know, at each level of sports, you know, high school, college, the pros, athletes will tell you the game changes so much, it's almost like a new game. And and I think that's that's still true of business. That, you know, as businesses grow and get more complicated, um, increase competition, it, it really does change. The the problem though, for for business folks is that Unlike sports, it's not clearly you're not clearly on a on a high school playing field or a college playing field. It changes subtly, and you know to your point, unless you're kind of aware of it, um, it's it's hard to deal. It's hard to recognize that your business is changing. Um, you know, first of all, just day to day is is a is you know a huge time commitment solving all the day to day problems. So, a it's it's sometimes hard to stand back from the business. And, and recognize that things are changing. But it's also in some ways, I guess, almost like our children, that you see them every day and they don't really seem to change very much, but then an out-of-town relative comes in and hasn't seen them in several months and says, oh boy, you, you know, Joey or Jill, boy, how much they've changed. So I don't know, maybe businesses need an out-of-town relative to, to come and visit every once in a while. Um, but the focus, I think, of the discussion this morning is really on two things that you mentioned. You know, one is um, the changing, evolving role of management. You know, during the, the during growth, and the second really is the increasing importance um, of the availability and actually use of information. So I don't know if that makes uh, makes sense.
1: It does, and and I really like this idea of uh, this great illustration, which personifies kind of this issue because I think sometimes this this idea of what got you here won't get you there. Um, There can be an obviousness to it. So companies can say, well, of course. And we can think more about the organization. So we can think organizationally. Well, of course, we'll have to make these hires or we'll have to do these things or we'll have to, you know, make these acquisitions or these capital investments or whatever. (laughs) Part of what uh, drives home for me in your illustration of, wow, Joe has really grown up a lot, is the personal um, aspect of what got you here won't get you there. So, so not thinking necessarily organizationally as a manager or as a leader or about the leaders around me, but personally, what got me here as a leader won't get me there. Can you talk a little bit about that? What are some of the, I don't know, what are the, some of the symptoms that I as a manager or a director or an executive, a leader, that I'm starting to struggle or that those around me are starting to struggle um, with, with my availability, with my skill sets, uh, with my own ability to delegate. And it's keeping us as a team or as an organization from getting to that next place because I'm not recognizing some of the personal attributes that I'm experiencing.
2: Yeah, a lot of it is just bandwidth. I mean, initially, you know, you start a company or it's a, a smallish company, maybe you bought into, you know, often there's there's two or three kind of core managers, you know, maybe they're friends, they have a similar value and aspirations, <clears throat> but you're really, you know, because the business, the focus is really on being lean and mean and cost effective. So you have to be kind of a jack of all trades. So those those two or three individuals are really doing everything. And you know, there's not really the business is fairly straightforward. Doesn't have a lot of complications. Um, but it it really is a matter of you know, there are not a lot of formal processes. There's not a lot of formal pro, um, planning. But you're kind of doing everything yourself. But then, over time, as the business grows, you just run out of bandwidth. I mean, I had a conversation with a, you know, a company uh, president. And we were talking about some additional tasks that needed to be taken on and who should do it. And he was saying, "Well, I'll do it." And I said, "You know, my two cents is that you're out of bandwidth. I mean, you need to. You have a choice. You need to delegate or invent a day with more than twenty-four hours." And if, and I thought that was a rhetorical question. He he was starting to think about, well, how can I spend more time with, you know, and, and I was <laughs> like, no, 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 you have to have a life. And if you want to continue to grow, it's only going to get worse. So the the management um expertise, the the management focus, you know, sort of turns from doing everything yourself to, you know, managing more, to delegating, to, to hiring people, um, to to thinking in terms of um, you know, having process, formal processes um, that, that kind of address everything, um, you know, and, and that becomes more so, um, you know, there becomes issues over time that you don't really need to think about when you're small. But, you know, what is the corporate culture going to be? What's my management style going to be? Um, simple things, seemingly simple things with as I grow the management team and, and maybe a middle management team, what financial information am I going to share with them? I mean, I've had the experience of, you know, I, I had joined a company, um, there were a couple of remote offices, and one of the offices was crazy busy over the summer. And, you know, towards the end of the year, the the and then they had a fair amount of autonomy. They called up to say to say, well, how we did, how did we do? And they weren't provided any financial information. So, you know, it's it's because it was a family-run company, it was growing, that had never really been a need before, but, you know, without financial information, it's kind of like playing ball without keeping the score. And, and more than that, it's an indication of how you're doing, what can I do to make changes, et cetera. So, you know, it really is a case that, uh, you know, you evolve from being a jack of all trades, doing it yourself, and it's a hard transition to sort of say, I'm going to start offloading some of that responsibility. I need to start hiring good people. I need to train them. I need to have processes that make sense. um, And I need to think in terms of what this company will look like going forward. So, you know, the management role evolves from really doing it all yourself to to really managing others um, and and growing the, the company, growing the management team. And that's a hard transition for a lot of people to sort of you know take that trust from doing it themselves to saying all right i trust you to to do this um, for us
1: i agree but i think it's so necessary you know when we're a smaller organization as you point out hard work and hustle can get us uh, to stick with your analogy you know quite a ways down the field we might get to the 40 50 yard line uh, we might get we might get into the uh, opponents uh, you know uh, area but we're not going to get into the red zone if it's all about us all the time. And I think that there's a sign of, I wonder if there should be as much sort of attention on, you know, when, you, when you're in that smaller space and you think, look, here's what we need to grow everybody, and you put it on revenue goals or profitability goals or, or whatever, but you don't necessarily think, and then I as a leader or we leaders or the two or three good buddies who started this company, we're going to need to have some thresholds for when we're going to let go. Whether that's a time, you know, thing when we are spending this many hours or, you know, when when we've reached. Because as you point out, our finance functions, when we're small, they're less mature, they're less uh, sophisticated, but they get more dynamic. And you can't just keep plugging away with the way you've done things. And there need to be some uh, some checks in there to say, uh, now's the time. Whether it's a conversation like you had where you said, look, here's what you got to do. You have to have somebody in there who's going to help you sort of see the reality around you. Why is that so difficult? Why is that so difficult, do you think, for for business leaders to sort of, I don't know, hand off that delegation part or, or be willing to see that they're limiting their own potential because they're unwilling to see their need to let go?
0: Create the Next is brought to you by Pro CFO Partners, who believe every business deserves to work with an expert CFO to guide its success. Pro CFO Partners are expert financial officers networked across industries, verticals, specializations, and situations. Fulfilling the role of a part-time CFO with all-time commitment, Pro CFO Partners utilizes the innovative and exclusive FGC Financial Flywheel as a framework that creates momentum to drive your financial functions for sustainable success. Visit ProCFOPartners.com to explore how we can implement a systematic and scalable financial system to help you achieve your goal. ProCFOPartners.com.
2: Yeah, I think it's a couple of things. One, you know, there there is a mindset when you're, you know, earlier stage, smaller, you know, that every penny, you know, is important. So cost being, you know, cost effective. So spending money for people starts to be a challenge. It also isn't done in one fell swoop. So you know, who do I who do I hire next? You know, what what do I spend on them? But it also, I think, is a bit of a trust factor. I mean, I know it's going to get done if I do it. You know, bringing on somebody, having them, you know, um, training them, having them kind of buy into the corporate culture, whether it exists or, or needs to be created. You know, those are all kind of almost different skills, and so you have to kind of transition yourself. Uh, again, from doing it all yourself um, to, to, you know, delegating some of that. That's it's also the numbers. I mean, the, the information becomes increasingly important yeah. when you're small and less complicated. It's kind of, a, in my experience, kind of a combination of, of gut feel and some rudimentary numbers. You know, as things grow and the business becomes more complicated, Um you know, you really need pretty good financial information. Um, And most of the folks that are starting these companies are with small companies. You know, they're operations people or they're they're sales people, they're marketing people, um, maybe engineers. They're not finance people. So, you know, even if there is information, there's always a question, is this the best information available? Are these the so-called key KPIs? key performance indices. Um, And then it's, what do you do with that information? Um, You know, for instance, as the business becomes more complicated, you know, do you have good cost and profitability information down to your individual products or product lines or distribution um, systems, distribution channels? Um, You know, do you have good information there? Because if you don't, and I tell people this: if if you then really create the good information, you're going to have surprises um, as to the profitability down to the product level or distribution channel level. And some of those surprises will be pleasant. Some of those surprises will be unpleasant. But particularly if your competitors have that information and you're competing for you know um, sales with those competitors. Well, you know, you're going to be a disadvantage if they have better information than you do. So, um, you know, it, it really is a, is a case that increasingly you need to rely on information, you know, both to run your business, to plan your business, um, you know. And importantly, and I, and I tell folks this, that, you know, the financial information should really reflect on a timely basis what's going on operationally in the company. The numbers need to be credible. The the worst of all cases is for management to have some feel of how the business is doing. And that feel is opposite um, and is is not supported by what you see in the financial results. So the financial information should really be helpful, much like going to your doctor for your annual physical, all those results. I mean, they should really be indices of, of what's going on in the business. And often, you know, you need to analyze what's going on further. But they should certainly be something that management embraces and looks at as, yes, I feel the business is going this way, and the numbers are showing that. And if the numbers aren't showing that, let's dig deeper to find out what's really going on. So,
1: what I I, I really hear you uh, sharing is the value of having that outside. Expertise, you know, as you grow and you move past that ability to have kind of these modest finance functions and and reporting that just does the job because you don't have a lot going on. When you have somebody in there who's got fresh eyes, but also unique, diverse, broad uh, experiences and expertise who can look at these things and say, oh, well, here's what I see. And based on what I've seen before, here's some advice and here's some some ways forward. I think that's a tremendously valuable uh, sort of strategic complement and asset uh, for a leader to have. How do you feel like that same sort of vision or ability to see bigger pictures or differently, uh, pictures differently, helps me um, stay more proactive as a leader? So I'm thinking about the problems that I'm going to be facing. Those are going to get more sophisticated, too. Those issues are going to become more robust. Those things are going to become even uh, the, the risk is going to be. Um, more dramatic than they were when I was smaller. What do I need around me so that I'm avoiding problems or I'm seeing problems uh, before they become huge issues and I've got ways to deal with them proactively instead of reactively?
2: Sure. Well, the first thing is just, you know, identifying potential issues. What are what are some of the telltale signs? And, you know, we talked about bandwidth and that some of it, but it's, it's feeling that you know, I'm reaching a point where I don't really have my arms around the business. Things, you know, if if I'm implementing new new programs, uh, that that implementation isn't crisp anymore. I'm I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm lagging, and and so those are kind of the the indirect indications that you know feeling like you're not controlling the business like or understanding the business as you once were. But more direct is is typically the numbers. Um, you know, looking at the financials. Um, having the the best information possible i mean the information that you used to run the company three and five years ago you know particularly you know as we were talking about here in a growth mode you know particularly adding new products new distribution channels you know is just probably not the best information that's available today and then it's getting behind that that information you know finding out what's really going on in the business um is usually more difficult than ultimately the fix sometimes the fix it's just something, I don't wanna say it's stupid, but it's something simple that someone just missed. But it can, you know, it, it can have um, bad consequences for the business if you don't do something about it. So, um, and yeah, sometimes it's it's just a fresh look at things are kind of helpful. I mean, um, you know, I've been involved with a couple of family businesses where, you know, the, the senior management has basically spent their entire career with the company and most of the senior management team has spent most of their time in the, in the industry so you know they're used to looking at things in a certain way and sometimes an outside perspective you know is is kind of a, a good thing to have it's just not that it's everything they're doing is wrong but maybe there's some tweaking so um yeah it it really is a case that you want to be aware of those telltale signs um but it's it's often the numbers that that really are the most direct indication um One of my, I don't know, it's either favorite or least favorite word is is anomalies. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll look at the numbers and somebody will say, oh, it's an anomaly. You know, which is like, oh, don't worry about it. It's like a passing storm. We'll be fine. And, you know, my experience is that if something looks funny, something looks odd, there's more to the story. So dig in today before it becomes much more than an anomaly. So, um, but it's, it's that detective work that, you know, is often required to really um, ferret out those, those issues before they become major issues.
1: What great advice. And I love that. Uh, I love that illustration of anomaly. It's, it's a great, it's either my favorite word or my least favorite word. Uh,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. And I love also this, this analogy to the detective work. Um, you bring in somebody who's got a a keen eye for this kind of stuff, who's got a sense for these sorts of things and sees uh, what you don't see. And, um, I think that's a powerful partner to have and an essential partner to have, especially as you move past that hard work and hustle and into systems and processes that are going to help your business grow. John Martin from Pro CFO Partners, uh, sharing what got you here, won't get you there, sort of part two. I can't wait for part three, John, the next, the next conversation where we'll, we'll Stay share tuned. something else. It's been great to spend time with you again this morning. Thanks for joining us and all your generosity with your advice and expertise. Thank you, Chris.
0: Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Visit ProCFOPartners.com and learn how we can help you build a framework for financial management and growth.